You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph, and I have a guest here with me today to chat about her new book. So I am going to turn it over to her so she can introduce herself and let you know where you can find her online. Hello. Thank you so much, Steph, for having me here. I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Yes, I am Maria Minnis. I am a, I would say, an unapologetically Black tarot reader of 20 plus years. And my role, I think, is to teach people about blending their spirituality with magic and liberation work in their everyday lives. The point of all of my magic I, is to cultivate a more equitable and empathetic planet. You can find me at mariamenace.com, and you can also find me on Instagram at feminist, which is basically F-E-M-I-N-N-I-S, a play on my last name. Oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, usually I like to start by getting everybody sort of like backstory and what led them to where they are now. But I think in your case, it might be better to start with talking about your book and what that is about and then go backwards <laughs> from there. Um, let's so let's chat about Tarot for the Hard Work. What is it if nobody has heard that title before? Yes. So Tarot for the Hard Work is what we describe is an archetypical journey to confront racism and inspire collective healing. So this book is going to take readers through the 22 cards of the major arcana. And through the book, we have over 60 essays, hundreds of activities, and a set of tools to build your own personalized anti-racism toolkit. And so this is a book for everyone, I think. I think for new tarot readers, this is a really great guide to the major arcana and how to sort of take on the qualities of different archetypes to see what fits for you and how you want to show up in the world. For seasoned tarot readers, it provides a wealth of unique knowledge and different perspectives on the tarot. For people who don't care about tarot, this is a really great book for anyone who's asking, I care about creating a more equitable world, but where do I start? And for people who are into tarot and into changing the world, then this is a great book also to start with in being able to take small everyday steps to create a more empathetic planet. I think that that is, was a great idea for a book. And I have it in front of me and I just have to say, first of all, this has like nothing to do with the content, but the way it laid out, it's laid out just makes me so happy that it's just like organized in card order. There's one chapter per card and it just makes me so happy. Like the organizational system. When I opened it, I was like, yes, this is what I want out of a terrible book. I'm like, this makes sense. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. I am an incredibly organized person. So I'm happy that it shows up in the book. 
No, but I think that's so perfect because the cards go in order and they go on a journey and then you go on that same journey um, through the cards and through like confronting racism and everything through this book. So I think just like the way it flows, it like turned out perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so then let's go back and talk a little bit about the inspiration that kind of led to this book, I think the work that you have done in your life, where did you sort of get started? Because I know you've been reading tarot for a long time. How did that happen for you? Yes. So I was introduced to the tarot by a friend way back when, and I was given a deck of cards, but I didn't have the little white book that comes along with it. So I have a very personal relationship with each card in that because I didn't really understand that there were these sort of collective ideas about each card and such, um, I just went off of intuition for the first few years. Um, and so that's how I got started. And then I began to, I, I think it's very important to have a personal relationship with the cards and be guided by intuition, both yours and the person you're reading for. But also I think it's important to tap into this collective energy of the cards and to understand how other people receive them and the collective things that sort of flow into the energy of each card. And so I began learning and really delving into historical and current perspectives of the tarot. And eventually I decided, you know what? I feel like I have a really great grasp on this. Let me start reading for some people I know. So I did that and received tons of wonderful feedback, both helpful and praiseworthy. And so I decided this is a gift I can share with the world. So I started reading tarot um, professionally around 2016, 2017. And it's been a wonderful wild ride since then. And part of that ride is how those cards have shown up in my life. And I feel like the structure of the tarot provides me an analog that sort of organizes the ways that I um, present myself in the world. And so back in about 2016, 2017, I was living in rural Virginia and just really feeling the weight of, you know, all the Confederate flags around me and just feeling like there's so much hostility, racial hostility, and I don't know what to do with this. And so I was like, where do I start? I don't know what how to start. All the resources out there are for, you know, mostly for white people, right? And so I decided, you know what? I'll just take the major arcana and jot down ideas that I can take to make my little mark on the world for each of the major arcana cards. And that sort of morphed into a blog, which morphed into this book. That is such a great story of how that really like came to be in your life and then how you saw a problem presenting itself. I can only imagine what living in 
rural Virginia is like. I that's <laughs> that's got to be like a whole different world. I'm in Chicago, um, and hmm. the there's there's rampant racism here, so I can't even imagine. Like I've never been someplace that's like that. Um, deep south and definitely never lived there um, so I can only imagine how that was confronting you in day to day like you said with the confederate flags and everything um, but then to turn around and put your energy and work into something positive and something that can like teach and transform I feel like is really beautiful thank you yes that's where I grew up so I have a very close relationship with um, a very up close and personal relationship with that kind of energy and I and I just feel very lucky to offer this book to the world. I think it's my biggest spell yet. And I am so excited to be out in the world. It's out for pre-order now, um, but it officially comes out um, on January 8th, 2024. And this whole journey has been totally worth it. I'm so happy with the project and I can't wait to share it with everyone. That's so exciting. I mean, just congratulations, because you really just put a lot of work into this and a lot of time and it shows. <laughs> Thank you. It it took a lot of time, a lot of time and a lot of research. Yeah, which is another thing. You've got a great resource bibliography section in the back, which is like something that I always check in books and I always talk about them in my book reviews it's like one of the things that I comment on every time I read a new book it was whether or not they have a bibliography at all and whether or not it's any good and I'm like oh look at all these things like every single chapter is quoted <laughs> like with all of these different resources to go check out I'm like yes just what I want <laughs> wow that makes me so happy that makes me so happy and you know what it's so interesting because the other day I was like I wonder if anyone else will be pleased that there's a bibliography in here. <laughs> yes, so I am telling you, it pleases me every time because there's just like so much information out there. And I think a lot of people, especially for the tarot, just sort of like, like you started just intuitively read it, like didn't have the book and just sort of figure it out. Um, and then there's sort of a basis knowledge of tarot that has just like come through the years and kind of everybody sort of feels the same about certain cards but isn't really sure where they got that information so it's very easy to write a tarot book without citing anything because it's just sort of that general knowledge that's out there so for you to have included all of these different resources makes me so happy <laughs> yay i hope they help a bunch of other people because there's so much information out there but we are living in a time of information overload. And I know that I become overwhelmed when I have a question and I type it into Google. And so I just thought that providing some guidance for deeper learning would be a great, a great thing to add for, and you know, this book isn't just for white people or people of um, the dominant race, wherever you are. Um, it's also for, um, people who are, you know, oppressed and might have internalized racism, which is something I've worked through as while writing this book, you know, I've grown up in this society, um, in American society, and there's many layers to that. And I recognize the ways that internalized racism has seeped into my life and the life of many of my Black peers. And I just think that this book has plenty of resources for anyone who's just like, well, who am I and what can I do, you know? Yeah, that's that's 
everybody and everywhere. We all have that internalized racism as much as we don't want to admit it or think that's like a bad thing to say. It's the same as the internalized misogyny. You live in America, you have it. It's just how Mm -hmm. we all grew up. And it takes a lot of work to dismantle that because it's so beneath the surface. And a lot of times people are like, no, I'm not a racist. I'm a good person. Like, of course you're a good person. It doesn't mean that you don't have these tendencies that we all grew up with. It's just so ingrained and so subtle. Um, that I think it's great to have a resource like this for people to work through and realize that. Yeah, I definitely wanted to make this book as accessible for um, as many people as possible. And, you know, you're right. It's unfortunate that, you know, we have these things like internalized misogyny, but we also are very lucky to be able to, with people and autonomously, work to dismantle that so that the people we are in the world um, evolve and that sort of can ripple out into the world. You know, I think there will be a subset of people who read this book and the fact that one person's action can ripple out and out and out is really exciting for me because it, it just speaks to the power that one person has to create change internally in their relationships and in the wider world. And I love that you come at this in such a perspective of like kindness and understanding Um, because your book doesn't like come across as like judgmental and here's all the things that you've been you know doing wrong and here's how to fix everything. It's like very much like holding your hand and making sure that everybody like feels welcome and secure and like ready to take on this work and I love that sort of perspective yeah I mean I'm on this journey too so I find myself just with this book just saying hey come on along I'm on this journey let's let's do the work so for somebody that is like just picking this up for the first time do you have any tips for them on reading it and working through it yes I highly suggest reading Rashonda Tramble's um, introduction, um, her her foreword, and read my introduction, sort of to anchor yourself into what this book is and what we're about to do. And from there, I suggest that people move through the book with curiosity and with um, sort of a, a stifled ego to understand that everyone can change, everyone can make a difference. And the exercises in the book, you might not do all of them. Like I said, there are hundreds, but I think if you can find at least one or two per chapter to do, that is, that's amazing. And if you feel inclined, to create your own anti-racism toolkit and use those worksheets to do that, even better. There is no right or wrong way to move through this book. It's just, I just encourage you to move through it the best way that you can for yourself and for your community. Because yes, we want individual growth, but I think at the end of all of our work, let's say hypothetically, we do all of the internal work we can and we become 
hypothetically perfect, what's there to do after just personal work? We, we're all, we, we need each other. And this book, I think, helps people internalize the reality that nobody is an island. And even though you might be doing your own sort of thing, you're still part of this huge interconnected web of people and things and structures and beliefs. And there's, and you're not alone and you have an opportunity to do something. I dedicate this book to the people who do something when they see something. And I really do mean it. I think that this is a great guide for incorporating anti-racism into your everyday life, not just for you, but for the world. And I love that you have so many options in there because I know that it is very overwhelming when you get started. Uh, and it really, it, it's hard to figure out which way to go with all of that. Yeah, and you know what? Once you have the book, you have the book. You can go back and do anything, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I love that there's like so many different options for, you know, working through it for yourself and on your own and internal work and then heading out like sort of like into the world and doing more work outside of yourself. There's just so many great options and ways to work through that when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't, there's nothing that I can do or I can't do enough or my work doesn't matter. Right, right. And I wrote this book, but I have moments like th that too. Like, is <laughs> what I'm doing even making a difference? But oh, we all I have, do. <laughs> right, right. But we have to trust in futures that we cannot currently see. I, I think a more ideal future is available. And it's just going to take a lot of us to do that work. And that's, you know, for as many negative things as we can say about the state of the world today, I do still think that it's wonderful that we can push back against that. And we are all more powerful, often we are more powerful than we think we are. And I hope that this project empowers people to take a stand in their everyday life and, and do something when they see something because one person really can change the world. And speaking of empowerment, do you have a favorite tarot card of the majors there that personally calls to you or that you are working with right now for that sense of empowerment? I know that it it probably changes by the day. <laughs> you know what? It does change by the day, but I would <laughs> say some of the archetypes that really stick with me, um, I'll, pu I'll pull out two. So one is my birth card, soul card, whatever you call it, the high priestess, and its teacher card is justice. And so I think that's very interesting given what I've chosen to do in the world. Um, and so I, but I don't always see myself as the high priestess, but I can see, like, if I step back, I might not always feel like the high priestess, but I do see myself as being this person who isn't afraid to look at the dark, the shadow, the, you know, negativity, the what's beyond, the, what's in the void, and bring out what needs to be brought out into the light, 
And to do that boldly and thoughtfully and considerately um, in order to sort of create this landscape that allows the Empress to thrive and to create their own garden. However, at the same time, I find that temperance shows up in my life a lot. And I tend to think of that card as the ultimate magician. And it's, I love the decks that call temperance alchemy or art. I think a lot of times we think that card is just about moderation. And when we hear moderation, we might think um, moderation from around eating or drinking or et cetera. But I think temperance really shows up for me as being thoughtful about my actions because actions and, and words, they are spells. And if I have that in the forefront of my mind, I can take greater responsibility for myself and really tune into the inner magician that's in me, that's in all of us. And I really love that. So I think that if you just meet me in everyday life, the themes of the high priestess, justice, and temperance are concurrently running through me at all times. I love that. And it's so funny that you say that because I always say that temperance is one of my least favorite cards to come up in a, in a spread for me because when it does, it's always suggesting like, slow down, go deeper. And I'm like, I don't want to. I want to like, I don't want to. <laughs> no. And every time that it comes up, it's like, okay, like, let's just like take a minute, like take a breath, like go, you know, day by day. And it just it essentially slow down and like go a little bit deeper than like whatever like service level stuff you've been doing and I'm like I don't, don't want to do that like whenever it comes up in a spread it's like telling me exactly the opposite of like what I want and I'm like no 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 I know it's telling me what I need but I don't want it I get it I'm such a go 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 person that when temperance shows up I'm like oh I should be a little bit more careful and deliberate and slow down to pay attention to what I'm doing and how I'm showing up. And that can be a little frustrating when you're just like, I want to go and do the thing and you know push forward. But we do know that temperance is just a break until we get to some really difficult cards. And so I think it's a really opportune moment when the temperance card shows up to sort of rebalance yourself so that you can hold your center when the storm comes. And I mean, given how much work you put into the books and the cards, is tarot reading or pulling cards still something that you do every single day? Or do you need to like take a break? <laughs> I sometimes take breaks because I, Right now I'm doing a daily pull and I find that to be exciting and really nourishing. But I also think that sometimes you pull a card and you it resonates so much that you realize you have so much guidance and information in front of you that it's just good to work with that one card for a while. The messages of one card can be relevant for a very long time. And so I encourage people if they do daily tarot pulls to not 
do them just because that's what you do every day, but to really pay attention to what you pull and what you have to learn from it, because each of them, there's tarot is, I think there are as many perspectives of tarot as there have been people alive because, you know, tarot doesn't work without people. And um, we are all, you know, unique individuals with different perspectives and life experiences and such. And uh, a static tarot practice isn't always in service of your ideal evolution. That makes so much sense. And I, I try to do that too, because like I, I like the idea of doing a daily tarot, but I find that my life doesn't change like as much day to day. Like my routine is sort of like very set and I don't work outside of the house. And so there's not that many like changes that come up. So I think it's more like a, a card is good for me for like a week to really like absorb that message. Um, Cause there's just a, not that much like going on in my days. And so I'd like try to sit with it a little bit longer, pull an Oracle card every day or something else different. Right. Because sometimes you'll pull a card during a daily pull and you're like, okay, this is great information, but I'm literally doing the same thing I did yesterday. <laughs> right. And I just don't have enough change for it to like really like sink in and get the message or figure out like what it means is going on. Like, I feel like it just needs to be a longer term <laughs> that I sit with each card. That's what I've been trying to do. I think that's what I'm going to take into 2024. I think that's a great idea. I think working with a card per week or per month is a really great opportunity to develop a personalized relationship with that card and really see all of the ways that the themes of the card can unfold in your life and what all the lessons it has to teach you at that point in your life. And I'm doing a daily tarot pool because my days are looking very different every single day. But I know that probably, probably in a few weeks, especially after my book comes out that I'll be slowing that down quite a bit. That makes sense. <laughs> do you have any other practices outside of tarot that you do regularly, whether that's like daily, weekly, anything like that? Oh, goodness. I have a very expensive daily practice. And I say that knowing that it is a huge luxury to be able to spend two or three hours every morning dedicated to my spirituality and my mental health and my physical health. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. I start my days out. Um, I do my workout, which I find to be a spiritual practice on its own. I do my yoga and then I do a ton of journaling. I journal about my tarot card. I do my personal journal journaling. I do journaling around resilience and CPTSD. I meditate every day. I'm very big into transcendental meditation and I read like these are all things that may not seem very witchy, but they, these practices nourish me so I can make magic in my everyday life and feel like my tank is full. So I definitely have a lot of practices. They might not always be super witchy, you know, I do spells occasionally, but, um, but my 
regular quote unquote spiritual practice is whatever gets me to start out my day feeling like I am, you know, I remember that I'm whole no matter what. I've always been whole. I'm valuable and powerful and a worthwhile human being. And I don't need all of those steps to tell me that, you know, I can wake up and I might have two minutes of just like deep thought and like processing even in just a few minutes. And I'm like, okay, my tank is full. I'm ready to go throughout my day. And so my sort of daily practice changes, um, honestly, day to day, I would say, because I'm never the same river twice. And what I need one day is not always going to be what I need a week from now, you know? I love that. And I think that's a important distinction um, because yeah, you're not the same day to day. And a lot of people can get trapped into that routine idea and getting something like down, like, oh, I'm going to do this and then this and then this. And it doesn't always work out that way because our lives change so much, um, you know, personal lives when you've got like work going on, you have kids and being flexible like that is such a great idea. And I say that as someone who is completely inflexible, <laughs> like, I really like my routines and I like things being the same every day, but it just does not always work out that way. And then when I have something like big come up, it like throws a wrench in everything. So I love that you are able to like, change day by day. It's something that I'm personally working on <laughs> being better about that. Oh, it's something I'm working on every single day. Like my astrology, like big three placements are all super fixed. And I very much like, like I said earlier, I love organization. I love things being where they're supposed to be. I like knowing what to expect. I feel good when I'm consistent in things. But at the same time, I don't think rigidity is necessarily the best thing to serve the world that we're creating. I don't think rigidity is necessarily the most compassionate way to handle our work in the world or our work on ourselves. And I definitely know, like, I've, you know, written out a morning routine and been like, this is what I'm going to do every day. And this exercise is going to help this part of me and develop this part of me and so on and so forth. And then I get really disappointed and down on myself when I realize like, this isn't realistic. And so going with the flow is definitely something I have to practice every single day. <laughs> and it's something I recommend for people because I've definitely been in the spot where I'm pulling a tarot card every day. And I'm like, okay, this is what I do. I'm not feeling inspired or motivated, but hey, at least I did it. And spirituality isn't a checklist, right? It's it's way more than that. We are complex people who are, who, who are evolving all the time. And when we let ourselves wiggle a little bit, give ourselves wiggle room, then we give ourselves wiggle room to grow. And I think that directly goes back to your book as well, because people can get very fixed in their ideas and very rigid in the things that they were brought up with and the ways that they learned. And that can be difficult to change if you're not aware of the fact that you do that. Right, right. It's very easy to fall into habits and be comfortable with that. 
I like routines. I like, you know, like I said, I like knowing what to expect and so on and so forth. But one of the biggest gifts I've given myself is flexibility. And honestly, my, I, I, I don't mean to brag, but my magic works. And I think that's because I am willing to accept that change happens. And I just have to roll with it. I just have to go with the flow. And some, some of those flows need to be dammed up. But if I don't take a step back to like get out of my own head and my routines, like then I can't see what I need to do for myself because I'm so fixed in what I should do and like how I should be. And I don't want this book to sound like this is how to be the ultimate activist. This is about understanding who you are. It's definitely a very, um, it's definitely a text that allows for a lot of personal self-discovery. And this book is here to provide resources for you to help discover that, but it's not a manual. It's not a checklist. It's a discovery piece. And if you are open then I think you have a lot of opportunities to discover different facets of yourself in this book. And I think that's perfect for people that are just getting, you know, used to this topic or getting an introduction because that can be scary and especially scary to do in front of other people in public. So to have the right. resource to like work through like privately um, and figure things out, I think it's going to be a really nice resource and like much more helpful for people. Um, because I think like when people are learning something new or discovering some things about themselves, it's something like I think most of us like to do in private. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. It's, it's, always difficult and um I went to law school where they love to do the cold call and they just oh. randomly like pick your name and you ask a question and then they just call out somebody's name in the class you don't raise your hand it's nothing like that um that's terrifying the first day that you show up and someone and your teachers start doing that and you have like no preparation that's so scary and you're like I'm like, learning things like in front of all these other people and like it's so it's like difficult to like get past that fear um so I personally appreciate being able to do this work in private it's like I'm going to learn things myself first like all by myself um before I put that out in the world oh my goodness we are on the same page <laughs> uh the cold call is the worst and it's there's definitely that sense of fear of doing these things in front of other people so I love that there's like this resource and this book that you can study and work with on your own before you sort of like go out there and start discussing these things with other people you're like let me just do some personal work first <laughs> Right, because that cold call thing you just described, yikes. It's horrifying. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's, it's, it's great for character building, but that's about it because I did not learn anything from it other than that. <laughs> oh, law school is a fun time. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being here, for chatting about your book and giving everybody this introduction um, to, to see if they want to pick it up for themselves and have this great resource. So I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's a dream to be on this podcast. Like my mind is exploding right now. And oh, I'm, so, thank you. I'm so honored for the space. So thank you for having me and letting me talk about this project, which again is my biggest spell to date.
And I think that's lovely. And I'm so excited for you. And um, I'm really excited for this book to come out and everybody to read it. And I think that it'll be such a great resource for everyone to get their hands on. And I know that a lot of people are going to connect with it. Um, I think as soon as you jumped on this podcast and you're like, I am an unapologetically Black writer, I'm like, yes, this is, this is what the crowd wants to hear. I love that. I am who I am. <laughs> love it. Well, thank you again. And listeners, I am going to have everything linked so you can check it out. And I will have the resources that you want to pre-order. You want to know where that book is going to be on its release date in January, which is very exciting. I will have all of that linked in the show notes over at whichonestays.com so you can find everything easily. And that is everything that I have for you this week. I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Witch Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at witchwednesdays.com.